Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Here we are, Father John Neppel, Father Nathan Cole. Hello. Coming at you live from the man cave here, Global's Rectory, Littleton, Colorado. Yep. For a very boring podcast because we're drinking coffee. We're, well, you're drinking coffee. I'm drinking plantation mint tea. Plantation mint. That's just because we're gearing up for a long night. I gave him options. I said, "Do you want? Do you want a drink? Do you want tea? Do you want coffee?" I'm also on uh, pain meds, so I gotta kind of play it cool. Play it cool. Yeah, the surgery happened, and I'm sitting in a cast right now. And uh, Father Nathan affectionately asked me before the surgery, "Can I share this on the air?" What he said to me? What was the text I got the night before? You well, said after surgery tomorrow, do you want to be referred to as? I don't remember. Jeanette or Joanne. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. So I did not have a sex change operation. I had an ankle surgery. And um, <laughs> here we are, 10 days later, still on pain meds. It's called gender therapy. They don't call it a sex change anymore. Oh, okay, my bad. My bad. Well, we're close to Trinidad, Colorado, which is supposedly yep. sex change capital of the world. So. Yeah. So there you go. That's all we know about that. That's all we know. We got nothing else to say on that. And this lamp, and that's all I need. Do we get a lamp in here finally? No, but you need one. <laughs> we got we got to get these podcasts in before the sun goes down. I got a couple of uh, shout outs here. This is like not even shout outs. This is like embarrassing business that we got to take care of. Um, really? Yeah. So like, first off, we got a very angry text message today from Bella Fleck. Not from Bella Fleck. Thank God. From a guy named Dave Hazen. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Who runs the Denver Catholic and. Uh, so this isn't even a shout out. The text It's today, a scold. It's it a scold, scold out. The scold out said, Nathan, you didn't coin shout outs. It was a section in the Daily Illini <laughs> at least fifteen years ago, and then capital letters, I've got your number, Goble. So yep. you started a war with the um our one friends in the world, which is uh our good friends down at the Chancery. So well done on that one. <laughs> that was the last text I read before I went in to celebrate a funeral today. And I was just kind of like preparing myself. I was kind of nervous. And then I just laughed out loud. I was like, ha! And then walked out. And then you walked out. That was it. That was it. It's like, I don't even care, right? Well, what am I supposed to do? I know. I don't do damage control over texts. You don't do damage control at all. (laughs) And I don't do texts. He doesn't do texts. So that's it. And then the other thing I wanted to say was uh, our friend Seth Damore put out a little um, thank you video that we made with him, Father Mike and I, um, up at the... Betty Bear Huta, a couple weeks ago, we were up in the mountains, and uh, it was the anniversary of One Billion Stories, uh, which is a, how would you describe it, Catholic video... Video blog. Video blog. It's really good stuff. Started within a week of the podcast, so we did a uh, thank you thing. So if you want to see what we actually look like, which is always weird, you listen to people's voice, you know, mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh God, that's what they look like. Um, we have just a quick uh, several-minute video uh, on YouTube. You could just go onto YouTube and type in Catholic stuff. It's also on Facebook if you follow us there. And um, and just check that out. But also check out um, One Billion Stories just in general. It's just got a good thing going there. OBS. Far, far more professional than, uh, than what we're doing. Yeah, it's funny because uh, I have parishioners, and maybe you have this experience too, where they hear you Sunday after Sunday. But then they're also listening to the podcast, but they haven't put the two together yet. And then because you don't say like on the air, like I'm, you know, at this place or 
you know, sometimes we mention it. Oh, does that really happen at Cabrini? Yeah. So there was a guy, I sent you that email, Tony Giratano. Tony. Um, he has been listening to the podcast and then he eventually figured it out and he wants to go with John on his next 14 or mass. Love to have you, Tony. That's right. And then the other thing about the podcast, which is, which is a nice thing. We can't complain, but we get random gifts sometimes. True. We got some alcohol. Um, I, I hope we thank the people on the air, but then we got a king cake. Last I know. Week. Ah, don't do this now. I, I was going to, I was going to thank her in the next podcast when I pulled up the email. Okay. But well, I don't remember her name now. We'll thank her in the next podcast. Okay. But uh, teaser. Teaser. But then also one last gift. I got a Mumford & Sons t-shirt from Michael Parra. Apparently they don't make them an extra large. I don't know if Michael <coughs> Parra is a listener to the podcast, but I don't know. Um, name's not come to mind or I'm an idiot and, you know, you're like my cousin or something. But uh, thanks for the shirt if you're a podcast listener. That's not... Um, okay, never mind. You thought it was Michael Sarah. No, okay. You think you know who that is? <laughs> no. Well, I do know who that is, but... Um, we always say, oh, we'll just edit that, and then we never do. Oh, yeah. But the other lady the other lady that said that she listened and then eventually figured it out was this lady, Michelle Widegren. Um, and she listened... She finally figured it out on the Bikini Podcast, of all things. So, um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's the way they all figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you have that happen in your parish though, where they're like, "Wait, I found this podcast." And my parish is either Hispanics who don't listen to podcasts or old people who don't listen to podcasts. So, yeah. So I'm not in the hip, cool, suburban. Yeah. Yeah. Parish like Cabrini here. So, Cabrini. Cabrini. Oh my gosh. What was the um, uh, what was it? There was something else that was with that that woman, Michelle Widegren or whatever. Anyways. This is a riveting podcast that Good we're off night. to right this now. This tea is like <laughs> slowing me down. Let's pause it and get some alcohol in us. Let's put some Sudafed in us. Seriously. Okay, you ready for the topic? Sure. Okay. It's so it's gotta pump some excitement into this room. Pump some excitement. You were just singing somebody to love no, a second I'm not, ago. I'm not gonna That's for the next podcast. God, you are I thought I was going first. I know, I really threw you off. Do you want to just go? Nope. Too late. Done everything of yep. your Okay, so um what I want to do today is start off a three-part series podcast. I've never done this before. Tri-part. Have we ever done that? I don't think so. On the three theological virtues. Nah. But, okay. but I want to frame it. Um, I want to talk about faith, hope, and love. In light of villains from the Avengers series. Go for it. Yeah, there you go. Nope. I just thought you were going to make it really interesting. No, not that interesting. Um, one of Father Nathan's least favorite things in the universe is to be put in a category, in a box, uh, a.k.a. the temperaments. And uh, yeah. one of my favorite things to do in the universe is put people into categories Other boxes. boxes. Yep. And so I went, uh, I was at a conference, first Companions conference we ever went to, actually. And uh, there was a guy there. By uh, we, he means the Companions Alpha Group. That's right. The Varsity Squad went to that one. <laughs> Oh, yeah. you like that one, huh? That's good. Yeah, I like that. He's got this new fake laugh that he learned from his dad. So, but that was his real laugh. So, yep. The um, so yeah, the Alpha Squad was at this, and um, the guy was talking about how um, it's good to consider as Christians um, which theological virtue has come naturally to you and which ones you struggle with the most. Because a lot of times we think of grace as just being like 
grandpa's oofle dust just kind of descending down and just, you know, kind of somehow works into our soul. But grace comes in three forms. Faith, hope, and charity are the three that he defines and we understand, right? Not to say God's limited to that, yep. but grace is always according to the structure of the human person. Okay. And these three theological virtues happen in that form. So the question is that he phrased to us is, which kind of person are you? You could basically break down all Christians into struggling with one of these three areas. Which area of your life, based on your experience, your weakness, whatever it might be, is the greatest struggle for you? Is it faith and doubt in that dynamic? Is it hope and despair in that dynamic? Or is it love, pride? And those are the three kind of categories by which he framed and he discussed the theological virtues. So I think it's good to consider. Yeah. Uh, the first thing to note on that is that love, pride is not love, hatred. A lot of times people think that uh, hatred is the opposite of pride. Or I'm sorry, the opposite of love, but it's not. Hmm. Pride is. Hatred is a disorder kind of love. Yeah, it is. Um, pride is the absence of love. It's the coldness. So I, th- I really think when I look at people and when I think about companions and people I podcast with, <clears throat> a.k.a. the guy across the room from me right now, I think you can... Hey, you wait can, a second. It's ways of categorizing people, which makes me feel better about myself. No, I'm just joking. Well, that's nice. Kind of. No. But I think uh, <laughs> when I look at, for example, and I'll ask this in, in a lot of times in direction, it's helpful to know about this. Am I dealing with somebody who's hope, despair, or with faith, doubt, or love, pride? Because the way that desolation hits them, it's going to totally affect based on how they go about it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So what's the Myers-Briggs test on how you figure out which one you fall into? I don't know. We can I don't work on know. that. We're going to have a new, uh, we'll put out a new program, software. Oh, yeah. Reader's Guide. That's right. Manual for, and we could make a lot of money on. Fix stealing. yourself in three easy steps. But it is helpful for me. I can think of two particular uh, directions, the spiritual directions I had last week where two people struggling with a similar situation were reacting in totally different ways. And the way that the desolation was hitting them was happening in totally different ways. One, because of the experience of faith, doubt, and one, because of the experience of hope, despair, for example. Mm -hmm. And so it's funny how uh, we can kind of understand that if we understand what the virtues are a little bit, and then we can start praying for a little more self-knowledge around that. That's the one thing to be praying with. Does that make sense? Okay. On top of this... The three evangelical councils correspond to the three theological virtues. Is this who who was the one that did this conference? Uh, I forget his name. He's a professor at Sacred Heart Seminary in um, oh Detroit, 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 Detroit. Um, I forget his name though. Okay, but this part is my addition. So Giassani oh. Giassani pairs the councils with, uh, and this is out of the tradition, pairs the councils with the um, virtues. So a lot of times. If I have a spiritual directee or somebody who's struggling with faith, doubt, guess what counsel they're going to struggle with the most? Faith, doubt. Um, Poverty, chastity. Your three options are? (laughs) Uh, Obedience. Obedience. Yes. That's right. So obedience and faith correspond. (laughs) So somebody whose faith, doubt is going to be questions of obedience in the faith. They're going to be questioning everything. There's going to be just that struggle Hmm. to trust and to understand at a level of obedience. Okay. Hope despair is going to be, what would you say? Ooh, what you say? We just listened Uh, to that song on KS 107.5. 
Hope, despair. Chastity. No. Poverty. See. It's good. You're doing great. Have another sip of your sleepy time tea. Pretty much. <laughs> now you're one for one. Let's see if you can get the third one. I'm one out of two. Faith. Pride. Or excuse me. Love. <laughs> love pride. Would be. Chastity. <laughs> okay. The last one left. Everybody's like, this podcast sucks. Let's listen to Word on Fire. Let's this- listen. Yeah. The, uh, oh, that was close. You almost said it. The um, no, a different one. But again, the um, they're used to it now because every time I have a topic, you don't give a crap, right? It's not true. That's not true. You say that every single time. So is that faith, doubt, or hope, despair? I don't even. I don't even know what you're talking about right now. This is what I'm thinking about right now. Okay, so side story. Okay, I just remembered after like the sedative from my tea, like you know, eventually wore off. So this Michelle lady that I mentioned before, she like researched podcasts through someone else. I told you this story, right? And then they sent the her Moms Club. Yeah, the Moms Club. So then <laughs> and they, they voted us last. Yeah, like we they had a list of like the best podcasts <laughs> and we were on there and I was like, "Oh, I should check back to see if we like placed." And we were in last place and we lost two Fountains of Carrots podcast. So, I mean... We got nothing. No, I mean, I just want to salute everyone that listens to Fountains of Carrots and also our podcast, which I would say is around 10 people. <laughs> so, not be, not that Fountains of Carrots is not a is a bad podcast. I just think that we're we're dealing with a different, what does different this have clientele. To do? What does this have to do with anything? This is what's going through my mind when you're talking. Yeah, okay? obviously, what's not going through your mind is what, what I'm you're talking saying? about. Yeah. I once read a book once that said... <laughs> Um, most people are more interested in what they're about to say than what other people are actually saying. I think that's true of myself. Yeah, I think that's true for... What were you saying? <laughs> Just kidding. I okay. wish. I actually wish while I was podcasting that was true of you because then you would actually have something to say. But I just see this glazed oh. face. Oh, oh my oh, god! Take it, take it. We need some alcohol, man. Do you that's know? Do you have any idea like what... I mean, if there's any psychologists out there... <laughs> Please write in and, and like give us a lowdown on how we can improve this relationship. <laughs> okay, so okay, ready? let's get back to faith, hope. I think we should take the, focus in, fo- take the focus inventory together. <laughs> we have very different ideas about pets, buddy. Okay, so so we're in we're we're so the point of this today is just to set this up and to say let's talk about faith hope and love, but let's actually not just talk about it abstractly. Let's actually think about okay. our lives and say, which of these virtues are we, of these dynamics are, are most at work? Sure. You're familiar with all of this stuff because it's already been running through your head. I'm digesting it for the first time. So just give me a second, okay? I know. We're on the air, but just you know, be patient. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's... so the only ones that I need to worry about right now are faith, doubt, and obedience. That's that's it. Just Cause... faith and doubt right now. Obedience, don't worry about obedience. I thought we were going to talk about that. We can, but it's secondary. Obedience is an aspect of faith. Okay. It's a dimension of faith. But what I want to do is talk about a couple different things here. Okay? But I'm just I'm saying this. I know you don't like categories. That's why you're pushing back. I didn't push back. This is really helpful for me because I remember a couple years ago, I was going through some hard stuff, and um, I kept being told in the seminary, you're prideful, you're prideful, you're prideful. The problem is, is your pride. And so I really was like, the problem must be that I'm really prideful. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting with our friend, Father Nate LaLiberté, okay. companion up in Minnesota. And he said, you're not love pride, you're hope, you're hope despair. 
And what he meant by that was what's driving the sin in your life is not, it's not pride. It's not this kind of self-reliance and egoism, which might be there as well. But the fundamental thing is despair, right? You need to be praying for hope. It's not an absence of love that is your problem right now. And, it, and it, for me, it was a real paradigm shift mm-hmm. in terms of self-knowledge because, um, yes, we struggle with all these things, but to see that one is the major thing that happens, especially in desolation, you know, that's going to be the key. And that's going to be the thing to pray for. So now I pray for hope every day. And I'm not surprised that poverty is my struggle, right? Hmm. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, I mean, is this kind of like what we talk about when we hear things like dominant fault? Yeah. Your dominant fault, which is related to your dominant strength. Yeah. So, okay. And that would be, yeah, that would be it, is a lot of times that it's the same thing. It's just so extreme. The the biggest movement, when we talk about movement within the soul, a lot of times falls along this. It's around virtue. Mm -hmm. And it's all veiled by... I made a, I got in a fight with my brother or I made this dark comment or I'm struggling with this or whatever. But beneath that is these kind of deeper mm-hmm. things, you know? Okay. And so to be able to identify that in ourselves and in other people, I think is, is, is helpful. Yeah. But we got to know what they are first. So today we're going to talk for the next two and a half minutes about faith doubt. And then we're going to do 65 more shout outs and call it a day. <laughs> How's that sound? Well, can we put like a little, um, registered trademark next to shout outs yes exactly copyright dave hazen you have to pay for all of our bella fleck um royalties for the last five years okay so i was reading this book called introduction to christianity by cardinal ratzinger aka pope benedict worst named book ever it really is it's an amazing book yep amazing this is one of those books that i bought and never read and uh now that I'm out of Balthazar, I'm like, oh, I'll read, read the stuff. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <You know? laughs> love pride, love pride. Oh. Um, and right in the beginning, he's so this book, Introduction to Christianity, is a meditation on the Apostles' Creed. First part of it is on the I believe, the concept of belief. This is what he says, and I thought this was super interesting. Hmm. First of all, the believer is always threatened with the uncertainty that in moments of temptation can suddenly and unexpectedly cast a piercing light on the frailty of the whole that usually seems so self-evident to him. What he's saying is that belief, something about belief, still allows for the possibility of doubt. Mm -hmm. And people who doubt still have the possibility of belief. Hmm. He talks about this perhaps. Perhaps it's true. And a lot of us walk around with this kind of certainty around belief. And we're going to talk about what's the difference between belief and faith here in a second. But I thought that was really interesting. He, he quoted St. Therese by saying at the end of her life, she said, I am assailed by the worst temptations of atheism, right? That she was experiencing this kind of onslaught of, of uh, temptation to doubt. But what he's talking about is the, the structure of belief still permits doubt to happen, mm-hmm. okay? It's not like knowledge, right? Once we know something, we know that is a fact, you know, and it's not... But but belief has has kind of a different structure than we think, all right? Mm-hmm. So I, I just put that out there as the first thing to say that um, I thought that was very interesting that he starts his whole structure on, on belief by saying there's actually this interplay between belief and doubt in every soul, no matter where they stand. There's no such thing as kind of the logical or uh, syllogistic certainty around any kind of belief. We're not just talking about religious faith here, yeah. right? any kind of structure of belief. And again, by the end of this podcast, I hope we understand a little bit about why that's the case. 
Mm. But I thought that was a kind of an interesting way for him to start. He's writing this in 1968, you know, when the faith is in total crisis and the world is kind of going through this, Europe's going through this kind of communist revolution. And he's saying, how do we re-enter the faith? And he's saying, we have to recognize the weakness of belief and the concept of belief in general. The nature of belief is to leave doubt possible. That's what Joseph Pieper says as well. Hmm. So the possibility of doubt is always there in any kind of structure of belief. Okay. But belief is not the same thing as faith? Belief is not the same thing as faith, and we're going to get to that in a second. Okay. Belief is a broader concept. Belief is part of the human structure. It's how we can't think without belief, right? We can't live without belief. Um, and I'll get into this in a second. Faith deals with the things that transcend our knowledge. Mm-hmm. So with things that are beyond our capacity to know... And the way that belief engages that, we call that faith. Does that okay. make sense? Sure. So um, the first thing, and uh, I'm just pulling out f- basically six different points from Joseph Pieper's book, Faith, Hope, and Love here, which is another awesome book. Yep. So this, if you don't have time to read it, this will kind of give you a quick digest of it. So each each uh, podcast, we're going to do one section of this, right? So the first thing um, Pieper says about faith is that, uh, or excuse me, about belief, is he said, to believe is to believe someone. Yeah. That's a huge distinction. Mm-hmm. We don't. We think of belief as a bunch of ideas. I was sitting having dinner with this um, unbelievably lukewarm, unbelievably lukewarm marriage prep couple, and I cannot, I cannot get them out of this, out of this mentality. And I'm asking myself today, like, how do I evangelize these people? How do I get them to believe? Because they don't have faith, and they went to Notre Dame, and they went to um, Catholic school growing up, and. The whole bit. They have uncles who are priests, but they they could care less. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm just like, how do I get? How do I how do I move you to faith? You know. And again, it has to go back to that witness. It has to go back to that presence of someone. And the I was convicted because I was like, I need to live differently. You know, if my life looked differently, uh, then uh, people would interact with it differently. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the first thing to say is that we got to move faith out of this or doubt or excuse me all these different words faith belief out of this purely intellectual thing I don't believe that's true I don't believe that's what marriage is or I don't believe in contraception or I don't believe in that Jesus is you know the only son of God blah 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 it's about belief in someone mm-hmm. thoughts I mean I think that it shows that our faith is dialogical you know like you. You have a dialogue with someone. You don't have a dialogue with, you know, a multiplication, you know, table. Um, you just kind of look at it, look at it, and memorize it. But faith is more relational because at the core of the encounter is the encounter with Christ, who was a person and a divine—I mean, a divine person. So the scriptures that we read are both. Uh, an encounter with the person with the word of God, either, you know, in the Old Testament through prophecy and, you know, through perhaps, you know, speaking with God, you know, in Abraham and Moses and them, or it's with Christ or the encounter that others had with Christ or with others who had encountered Christ, Paul, Barnabas, all those guys. Um, so I I appreciate that. That's very, that sounds a lot like Jusani. Yeah, and Pieper even goes so far as to say that, yeah, there is a content of belief, 
and there's a person who we believe in, and the person is actually more important than the content. That's mm. what they say. Mm-hmm. The witness is more credible and has to be the, the foundation of faith uh, instead of the actual content itself. Well, and the person reveals the content. Exactly. Um, you know, you can, you can study a bunch of facts about a person, um, but it doesn't necessarily mean you know that person. Them disclosing it to you, um, that carries with it something, something much more than just, you know, facts on a page. Um, so there are some things about Christ that we know um, through others who are relating it to him, but the important reality is that we would know Christ um, as well right. as the as the facts. Right. And again, you can see why um, if Christ is going to become incarnate and the church is going to be a fully human as well as fully divine reality, then the tradition is essential because of the structure of belief. You have to have the witness. Mm-hmm. You have to have the handing on. Yeah. You have to have the credibility of that person. And when I think about my own faith, you know, because I was looking at this couple last night and I was just like, I cannot penetrate your lukewarmness. Like, it's just unbelievable. And I've been working at it for months, you know, and I think I'm pretty damn charming. And I think I'm doing a pretty good job with trying to relate to you on a human level and it's not working at mm-hmm. all. And uh, so I'm saying to myself, what am I, what am I trying to do here? And how is this possibly working? Um, but we have to keep penetrating at the level of the witness. They have to have that relationship. And one of the curious things that they said was, we don't experience community. And what I realized is one of the ways we're reinforcing their lukewarmness and faith is that they don't have an immediate relationship with any kind of witness. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you don't go to Mass on Sundays. You don't have any relationships with Catholics that's of substance. You see me once a month as as your marriage prep couple, well, I'm, that's not going to be enough force. If these guys were in a Bible study with other young couples and they were able to start engaging some of their questions, dealing with some of the pain, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? All of a sudden, the witness would start to radiate. So it just goes back to the same thing we're always talking about, which is we've set up structures and parishes and dioceses that are not concretely giving people the experience of community and, and neighborhoods and relationships, which def- de- denies them the experience of a witness. Yeah. So I think that that's when we ask ourselves, what's the relationship with community and the lack of faith? There it is right there. Belief itself demands the exposure to the witness and the conviction of the witness. And if they don't have that exposure, then it's impossible. Hmm. Any thoughts on that? Okay, number two. This is pretty simple. Oh, you excited? What? Good. You kill me. You already asked my thoughts on number one. I feel like we're never going to get through six points if I... Well, I'm going to go quickly, all right? Okay. I quick. already talked about belief and faith. That's another one. Okay. I'm not I'm not worried about time. I just, you know... Oh, we got to actually hustle here. Uh, so number two, belief is, is primarily rests upon volition. Belief is a choice. It's about free will. It's about free assent. It's not merely about, I believe this. And so much of the time when I'm talking to Catholics, um, it's all about what I believe or what I want to choose. And I'm like, you're not making the, the, you're not choosing it with your will. It's just becomes this kind of intellectual system. Well, that's not what I believe, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm saying to myself, belief is not about what you want to choose to know and the system and the structure that you want to live by, the worldview, the lifestyle that you want to choose. It's about something deeper, which is about free will, right? It's about an ascent and it has to be chosen with the will. So that just ties back to what we were talking about earlier, that it can't just be about the intellect, okay? Okay. 
Uh, number three, we're going to skip. Number four, we already talked about belief versus faith. Did that make sense to you? Faith deals with the reality of God that's inaccessible to human knowledge. Belief is a structure and an essential part of the way that man comes to knowledge. Does that make sense? No person can say they are without belief. Here's what's interesting. Did you ever read that document, Dominus Jesus, Jesus uh-huh. right, on other religions by our good friend Ratzinger when he was in charge of the congregation for the doctrine of faith? Uh-huh. <laughs> we, should, we should look away, you know. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Robert Barron. He does that. Aristotle talks about how friends don't look at each other. They look... That's in right. the same direction. I well, think we need to do that with the podcast because it's really pissing me off looking at you while we talk about this. So. Why? Okay. You're going really fast, okay? You know all of this stuff. I don't, and they don't. <laughs> so I know that you really want to blow through it, but like, just, just calm down. Okay. So I have this and then one more, if you're okay with that. That's fine. Do you want to color for a bit and then we'll come back to this? I just want to scratch and sniff my stickers for just a bit. <laughs> okay. So, in uh, Ratzinger makes a distinction between faith and belief in the document, Dominus Jesus, and he's talking about Christian faith is different than religious belief. Basically, what he's saying is that Christian faith is a gift, right? And it's, it's a theological gift that's given that perfects the natural religious belief versus Hindu. We recognize the beauty of religious belief or different traditions like that, but it's not the same as Christian faith Mm -hmm. because Christian faith is about inserting us into the person of Christ. Okay. So faith, when we talk about faith, it's really not the same as belief, you know? And I think that the, that couple I was with last night, you know, they, they have belief, but they don't have faith. And that was what was interesting to me. They, they weren't doubting, and they really wanted to get married in the church. At one point, I looked at them, and I said, why are we getting married in the church? The loon. Yes. It's so ominous. And they said, well, we never thought about not getting married in the church. And I said to myself, I think I'm going to, I'll call your parents and tell them this is not the right thing to do. You know, you're not doing anybody a favor here. I said, why do you want to get married in the church? And we talked more about it. But what I realized huh. was like, huh. they have belief, but they don't have the, the gift of faith, and they need to pray for that. But they need to choose it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's not doubt. And I think that's the last last point I'll make here, and then we'll, we'll wrap this sucker up. But I, I mean, I think that they are not doubting. So, I mean, in some sense, administer them the mystery and hope that somehow, um, as it is generated in their life, that they come to draw closer. I mean, I don't know. It just reminds me of that passage with the with the the guy who has the son who's a demoniac or whatever and he says if you can you know you know you can help my son yeah and then if you can everything is possible to the one who has faith yeah and he says lord i believe help my unbelief i mean they're not at the point yet but i think i think they're they're better off than somebody else who's just like pushing back yeah, like your couple last week. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We uh, we have uh, it's a hard decision to make. But at the end of the day, I'm going to support them and I'm going to keep working with them. And they're going to get married in the church. And I hope that in time, this is a step towards it. You know what I mean? Because there, there's a lot of people who had really bad experiences, and what we're trying to do is just give them 
a positive trusting experience in the church mm-hmm. and they might not get to where they want to get to or we want them to get to, but at least it's not another negative experience, you know? Mm-hmm. And the final thing I'll say from Peeper is he quotes Gabriel Marcel in saying that the number one thing keeping people from faith is inattention. It's not doubt. It's just inattentiveness. And uh, when I was with them last night, you know, their desire was not to be bad people or to be lapsed Catholics. It was just, we're just too busy doing other stuff. Yeah. And we're just really inattentive to the spiritual things and to uh, reality and to the truth. And that's the number one thing. You want to cultivate more faith, it's about deeper attentiveness and receptivity to reality, I think. That's what it's about. Yeah. About living for deeper things. And so somehow we have to move them and the lifestyle uh, and their leisure and everything and just order it back to the deeper things, which is to be attentive to the things of of God and to the questions of truth and goodness and beauty and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And that'll move them to actually desire the act of obedience. Yeah, I mean, because... So much of the world is just about supporting the world structure. Right. Um, so you're kind of asking them to get off the normal treadmill, like of, you know, like one of those moving walkways that people go on at the airport where you're just kind of moving along and it's moving you in a direction. But to walk means that it requires like some kind of um, effort on your own part. And a discernment of, I'm not just going to move in the direction that everybody else tells me is going to lead to my greater flourishing, but rather I want to to move at a pace and in a direction and in um, like in relationship with this person that God's given me, but also like friends and then communities, wherever. Because um, I, I just, you know, you drive around, especially suburbia, it's like, what is what is the purpose of all the things like the industries that we've created? It's kind of the self-sustaining of the industry. I don't know. Like um, there's no room, there's no room for like art or, you know, like shoemakers or whatever else. It's like, no, we're, we're on the move. Like we need, we need more, you know, we need better cars. Like there's car dealerships everywhere and fast food and, um, daycare and all these other things. And, uh, and some of them are fine, but it's just sometimes I feel like, um, what will that life lead to? Like if I kind of pursue and like step back and look at these things, what will these lives, the life that, you know, a car lease or, you know, fast food or um, Target, you know, all these things, like what do they, do they actually lead to my greater flourishing? But I don't even think about it because I'm just like, I want to go in. I want to get my stuff. I want to stop and get something to eat. And frankly, I'm I look at a new car like all the time, and I'm like, I want that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. I don't know. It does. And I actually I have a funeral tomorrow, and I met with the family, and they said, I said, so tell me what you'll always remember about your father. Hmm. And the thing they kept going back to was he was just always doing stuff, always on the move, could never sit still, always active. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my gosh. That's how you're going to remember your dad. Uh, yeah. That's good, but, you know, seriously, there's there's something missing there. So yeah. I think that as as we look at, as you categorize yourself uh, into faith, doubt, or your spouse, or your friends, or whatever it is, the person who's struggling with faith, doubt, is going to be the person uh, with the question of trust. Faith is about trust, because faith is about the witness and about the person. So if you find yourself 
just struggling with trust and obedience. Struggles with obedience are always rooted in struggles of trust. This is the thing to be praying for and to praying into faith. It doesn't mean you don't believe in Christ. It just means you struggle with the element of trust that's in that. Does that make sense? Sure. Thanks for hanging in that one, well, hang pal. On, hang on. So I think you know part of the point that you were making about free will and consent is really is that's a really important point um, because we can't we can't just I mean that's part of what um, Dominus Jesus is saying like we believe that this is the true faith and we believe that there is only one. Uh, savior and he is the Christ, but we can't make people believe in him. Mm-hmm. Um, that you can't have conversions at the end of a sword. Um, so then you have to invite people into relationship with the truth and almost just say, um, I mean, you can keep exploring it together, but at some point they have to make an election on their own. Yeah. Which, I mean, analogously, like you look at that with marriage, you know. I mean, these like forced marriages or something like it's abhorrent to like our you know modern mindset or something. Um, and some of them have worked. I mean, we have friends that you know, parents had arranged marriages and they're fine. Um, but I don't think it was like the coercion of kind of like you will marry them or right. you know, blow a shotgun in your back. <laughs> um, so um, the uh, what is it? Oh, so like. There has, I mean, that's what marriage is is founded upon: is freedom and consent. Are you free, and do you freely choose? Um, but then, once you freely choose, you can't just decide what that's going to be. Like there are, weren't we talking about this the other day? Where you have to have structure, or like boundaries and commitment. Do you remember this? Where we talking about like some people want love without commitment, and other people want love. With commitment, but no, no bad vulnerability. Maybe I don't freaking know. Anyways, it was good though. You don't remember that? Just went off the tracks at the end there. What do you mean went off the tracks? <laughs> do you know you remember what we were talking about? No, I don't. Forget it. Catholic stuff podcast <laughs> gmail.com. No, I don't know. No, this is another uh, another great topic. Poorly researched, poorly executed on my part, and you're doing a good job pulling it off here at the end we did fine i think that it is true what makes faith a human thing is the free will it's about it's about choice it's about consent but when you choose it you lose control you lose control just like marriage all right shout outs before we go real quick um john and emily fraker said hey we never get a shout out emily's known to john and john fraker and emily anderson well they're soon to be john and emily nice fraker, try who you call Gold eyes. Gold eyes. She has gold eyes. Yep. Okay, Ty Gilbert, also listening down in Arizona, says to oh. say hello. So good old Ty. That's I think all. I, I, think, I think I told Ty I would call him in 20 minutes, and that was like four four weeks ago. <laughs> Poor Ty. He's cooking it up down at Cordon Bleu. All right. Down in Scottsdale. That's it. Thanks. I already gave my shout-outs at the beginning to Tony Giratano and um, uh, Rachel... Wittigren. We're going to be back with a little alcohol in our system with the promise of a better podcast next week. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. See you later.